Hey, yo, what's poppin'? We're gonna close up the shop on week 15 right now, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 with a showdown slate between two divisional opponents and what is going to be a pretty wild slate because one team is implied for like a 12 and a half overall team total. That would be the Cincinnati Bengals here. So this one could just be an absolute massacre, an absolute slaughter, but we're still gonna cover it because there's a million dollar rooskies up for grabs in first place. And you ladies, you gentlemen out there, all you people in the stands watching this need to get smacked around with some information. You know, you need to be ready to take on the competition tonight. And that is what me, myself, and I, Sal Vetri, am here to do for you. So what we do here, if you're new, and if you're not, give you a little refresher. We're going to go down through every viable player on this slate, which, to be honest with you, there's like 20 on this slate, because this is a two pretty condensed offenses with two of some injuries to some of their main guys, right? Whether it's their starting running backs, Joe Mixon, out, James Conner, going to be questionable tonight. We'll break down all the news that you need to know, all the analysis. I have projections and rankings that we can talk through some of those during the show, and you can follow along down below. If you want access to my full projections, rankings, ownership, super draft projections, value, a bunch of other stuff, tools and analytics, and even more for tonight that will increase your chances of smacking around your opponents and winning tonight, winning the dollar whiskey, the ROI return on investment. Follow down below on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Hit the like and subscribe as we are right now, like exactly day by day on pace for 35,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So it's going to be neck and neck if we get there or not. So please do hit that subscribe button. We'll be live tonight at 5.30 p.m. East Coast time for an hour answering your questions about this million dollar slate. So be sure to check that out. The NBA starts up tomorrow. I will be having an NBA two game slate opening day video out pretty shortly. Another Millie maker for that. Lots of stuff going on in the DFS space. And something else is going on in the DFS space is Superdraft, the proud sponsor of the show. If you're not already playing over on Superdraft, I had a guy yesterday reach out on the Discord saying that he's moved about 100% of his bankroll over to Superdraft. That's fantastic because you know why? He's going to win more money over there. Yes, he's going to have a better chance and a better EV and a better ROI over on Superdraft where there's less professionals, where the contests still don't fill, where if you have projections, which nowhere near the amount of the people in those contests have accurate projections for the new multiplier format of Superdraft, hint, hint, we do down below on Patreon. We'll be having a great time. And again, yesterday I saw somebody on $7,000 Ruskies over on Superdraft that is a member of our Patreon, member of our Discord. So be sure to sign up for Superdraft. It's a multiplier format. Example, Big Ben has a 1x multiplier. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on the YouTube version. If he scores 17 points tonight, he gets 17 points. Multiply it by one. But, 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 and this is a big old booty. If you want to look at somebody like Ryan Finley, who doesn't look that great, doesn't that look like that Gregory tonight, right? 12 implied points, 12 and a half implied points against this Steelers defense. Brutal for Ryan Finley, who on the year is not great. And we'll talk about him in a second. But he has a 1.95x multiplier. His multiplier is basically double big men's. So if Ryan Finley goes out there tonight, and let's just say he only scores 11 points, he's going to be granted around 22 super draft points, which means he kind of smashes big Ben out of the park by scoring five more super draft points than him. So it's all about the multipliers. You can check it out down below. Again, what are you doing if you're not playing on there? Promo code SAL, my name, S-A-L, that you can see on the screen. Get you a free money bonus up to $1,000 in a slow drip format. Stop fooling around, download the app, go to the browser, use the promo code and get yourself set up over on Superdraft and start winning more dollar ruskies than you are when you're burning your money in these motherfucking million makers on DraftKings. Spitting that truth, but let's get into it right now. Because we'll start it off by the salary order with big Ben Roethlisberger up top, the most expensive player, one of three players at $10,000 or above. Big Ben comes in at 11800 He's going to have a massive advantage in this one, a positive 38% pass blocking advantage because the Cincinnati Bengals rank dead last, 32nd in pass rush. So a lot of times for Big Ben to throw. And he throws a lot of times. Right now, number one in the NFL, averaging 40 attempts per game behind the number one protection unit. So you're going to have the worst pass rush behind the number one protection unit for the guy who throws the most in the NFL. 
Hmm. Looking up at the stars, he am averaging 252 yards per game. I would expect that number to be a little bit higher tonight and 6.3 yards per attempt. Yeah, Big Ben has not been good. He has not been good on a efficiency basics. He's getting there because of volume and because all three of his starting wide receivers, Jace Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, all three of them are top 20 in the NFL on yards after the catch on a per reception basis. So Big Ben, these MVP talks before he was undefeated were just absolutely comical because Big Ben, to me, and by the numbers, is a bottom 10 and really outside of the top 20. So he could be bottom 12 if you want to put him there. But on this slate specifically, there's not that many guys that you're going to see projected out for that high. And Big Ben is our highest projected player. And Big Ben is my only player projected for 20 or more points. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's not that many guys on this slate. It's very condensed. There's not that many guys on this slate in general projected for over like 10 points. So if Big Ben actually goes for around 18 to 20 plus points, yeah, there's probably going to be like one to three other guys who can actually get up there based on the fact that this team total and Ryan Finley starting on the other side of this game. You get down to one of his pass catchers, Deontay Johnson, who's having a little bit of trouble with the drops. Number one in the NFL with drops with 10 so far this year. Seems to get benched for like a series or two last week after he had some drops. He'll have a minus 6% matchup against William Jackson, who has been pretty good this year, allowing just a 53% catch rate. But Deontay Johnson has seen seven targets in each of his past games since week nine and 10 or more in all of them, except last week when he got pulled a little bit. He's number 11 in yards after the catch. Deontay Johnson just has a very stable floor at this point in his game especially on a slate where you just kind of want double digits from guys at 10,200 you're gonna need a little bit more than that but the amount of targets that I've been projecting for today I've been projected for close to a 26% target share I haven't projected for close to 11 targets I like Deontay Johnson a good amount as well Deontay Johnson over on super draft looks like a decent option probably one of the better plays that you're going to get over there I would call Deontay Johnson on super draft again the presenting sponsor of the show a top three overall play in super draft to see the other two just download down below on patreon you can go in the link below and check it out. Juju Smith-Schuster is somebody who for the first two to three weeks of the season, people were jumping up and down scared about. Now he gets a positive 2% matchup against Mackenzie Alexander, the former Minnesota slot cornerback for the Vikings. 1.37 yards per cover allowed this year. It's nothing crazy. It's a fine matchup. It's just neutral for the most part. And Juju is the number one slot receiver in the NFL. Most slot snaps at an 81% clip of his overall snaps. So he's seen six plus catches in three straight games. He's number two in red zone looks in the entire NFL right now, only behind Devontae Adams and number 15 in yards after the catch. Again, these receivers are very good after the catch. Juju, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, they are all doing it after the catch, which is helping Big Ben's numbers, which means Big Ben can continue to suck out there 6.3 yards per tenth on the season, but his receivers will get him into the end zone, will pick him up these chunk plays after the reception. Juju Smith-Schuster is also going to be a yes for me because he is one of the few people that I projected for 15 or more fantasy points tonight, and now we start to get to a range where it gets complicated. Chase Claypool at $8,600 is massively overrated and overpriced, not overrated, but overpriced for what his role has been the last couple weeks. Let me explain. Now, when he's out there tonight, he'll have a positive 12% matchup against Sims, who has, he has a 24-pound advantage over. That's very good. But over his last two games, just five catches, 53 yards on 10 targets, he's only ran 22 and 23 routes over the last two games. He is losing significant work to James Washington, who has ran more routes than him, who has seen similar targets with double the yardage and two touchdowns over the last two games. This is a concern for Chase Claypool. Now, I don't think it's just going back to the first couple of weeks of the season when James Washington was the wide receiver three and Chase Claypool was trying to have his rookie breakout, but it is a little bit concerning that James Washington has been productive. Uh, maybe it's something for him to kind of get bumped up a little bit. I believe out of Oklahoma State, James Washington, if I remember correctly. Maybe this is just the confidence he needed to start playing a little bit better. Or maybe it's just a small sample size. I do think Chase Claypool will still be the 3A to James Washington, maybe being 3B to still the 4, but it can't make me as confident in getting to him. I can't project him for a full workload if we haven't seen it in two weeks right now. And really, we haven't seen him pop off in about a month to a month and a half. So Chase Claypool is in play, but not somebody that I'm dying to get to. Tyler Boyd at $8,400. Look, it's just so hard to want to like these guys. They're facing the number one pass coverage unit right now in the Pittsburgh 
Pittsburgh Steelers secondary. Ryan Finley, who is arguably, and I would make the case for it, that he is the worst quarterback currently in the NFL. That's terrible, right? So you're going to have a neutral matchup for Tyler Boyd against Mike Hilton, who allows 1.48 yards per cover this year. Tyler Boyd on the season has a 21.5% target share with 8.2 targets per game rarely any of that is with though ryan finley which is the concern here tyler boyd is number two only two juju smith schuster in slot snaps this year at 77 percent of his snaps and he's seen six or more targets in each game but one since week two Tyler Boyd for me right now, if we look behind the curtain on Patreon, I have Tyler Boyd projected for 10.6 fantasy points. It makes him the fourth worst value play on the slate. The only guys that are worse than him are like some potential backups if James Conner plays today, guys like Benny Snell, Drew Sample, the tight end. So yeah, Tyler Boyd for me right now at $8,400, I'm actually going to put a no on him. Now, if you're playing 150 lineups, I will probably have some Tyler Boyd exposure. Maybe I get like 11% or something like that. We'll know later on tonight at 5.30 p.m. East Coast time when we go live and answer your questions. So be sure to hit the notification bell and also that subscribe but the notification bell so you know when we're doing that but if this is somebody playing one to ten lineups which i know the far majority of you watching this are doing that i would actually avoid tyler boyd at this point now ryan finley is going to be there at eight thousand dollars the cheapest that i have seen a quarterback so far this season and that's because this team is implied for 12.75 points brandon allen has been ruled out ryan finley has only attempted 19 passes this season just 3.9 yards per attempt let me say that again for you 3.9 yards per attempt let me add some context the nfl average is 7.2 yards per attempt when starting quarterbacks have a bad game yards per attempt wise they're averaging like five and a half yards per attempt and that's like an atrocious game when they have just like like look big ben is 6.3 yards per attempt he's outside the top 20 in yards per attempt for starting quarterbacks this year that's how bad 6.3 yards per attempt is but you're going to have 3.9 yards per attempt for Ryan Finley. I would be very surprised unless there's a big yards after the catch play from like a Tyler Boyd, a broken play by the Steelers secondary, or he just gets lucky by throwing a prayer downfield. I would be very surprised if Ryan Finley goes for like over 150 yards tonight. It is going to be a tough time for him. He's a former fourth round pick at NC State, where in his final year, he was good. 3,928 yards, 8.1 yards per attempt, right? In his final year there, but he's just a gross player in a gross spot. Ryan Finley at $8,000. I actually would prefer, yes, I would prefer to Tyler Boyd because Ryan Finley does have a little bit of mobility, which again, if Ryan Finley is going to rush for 30 yards tonight, that can kind of counteract any of the turnovers that he has. And then you're just playing with house money if he can find the end zone. And I feel a little bit more comfortable getting there for $400 cheaper. Ryan Finley on Superdraft is a fantastic play. Yes, it's a totally different format. Ryan Finley on Superdraft at 1.95x multiplier looks great. He's not going to be a yes for me, but I'll have a maybe. So I would prefer right now Ryan Finley over Tyler Boyd. It's really just a value thing at that point. I have them basically projecting out. I have Ryan Finley for more fantasy points right now, and he's cheaper. So that's where I'm getting to. The Steelers at 7,200. We've had some defenses be expensive before. We've seen expensive 7 and 6K defenses score touchdowns on a slate before, and honestly not be needed because when you're $7,200 and you score a defensive touchdown, and that makes you have like 11 or 12 fantasy points in the game, you need to really get to 15 to 20 plus if you want to be in a winning lineup at 7,200, probably closer to 15, 20 plus, you definitely will be in it. And this will be the defense to do it with, right? It's the number one ranked Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They're number two versus the run, number 23 in tackling, number one in patch and number one in coverage. And now they're facing a team where they're coming into this one as 15 and a half point favorites, where they're coming into this one with the other team right now, only implied for 12 and a half points. When you're talking about how many points you give up, taking away from your defense, if the Steelers only give up a touchdown here, they're automatically going to be getting like seven points on defense, add in whatever else they're going to be doing from a turnover standpoint, from a pass rush standpoint, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, yes, it does project for over 10 points for me tonight. I've been projected for 10.3 fantasy points down below. You can check it out on Patreon. Uh, I do think that they are going to be in play tonight, although I'm probably not going to play them. So me personally, I'm putting a no here just because it's an expensive defense. And although yes, they might limit them to just seven or 10 points. And that gives you like built in five to six fantasy points based on the DraftKings scoring. They need to get like a pick six. And the only way they really crush your lineup is if they score like 20 fantasy points. So um, if you don't have them, you probably won't win it if they score 20, but I'm going to be staying away because they are expensive. This is not a $5,500 defense. They kind of need 
need to have that defensive score. And if they're going to be owned at, I believe, probably like a 30% clip, the last time we saw an expensive defense in a good spot, they were owned at like a 28% clip. That's hoping for a lot to go right for you. That's hoping that you really understand what's going to be happening in this game. Because what happens if Kyle Allen goes out and they have some other backup who I don't even know who that is, comes in, he actually plays half decent. He ends up scoring 14 points. He ends up putting 200 yards on this defense. Obviously, you can look at it both sides. I'm just going to stay against it. If you want to play them, I don't think it's a terrible play. It is the perfect matchup that a matchup can ever become potentially the worst quarterback in the NFL facing the best defense uh, in a home primetime game that has a good pass rush very concerning for Ryan Finley. T Higgins is up next. The rookie here has a negative 11% matchup, whether it's going to be Joe Hayden, if he's back tonight, or otherwise it'll be Sutton. He would have 27 pounds on Sutton. If it was him, Higgins has been very quietly consistent. Five plus catches in three straight games and seven out of his last games, he has five or more catches. He's averaging 36 and a half routes per game. Based on his usage, I'm going to have some interest. He is cheaper right now by a good margin than Tyler Boyd, $1,800 less. So if I'm going to be going to a Cincinnati Bengals receiver, I would choose Higgins for his consistency and cheaper price point. James Conner is questionable tonight, but if he does play, he'll get to match up against the Cincinnati Bengals number 24 run defense. He has number 14. This is even being injured for some games, leaving week one early, missing some previous games, and he's still number 14 in evaded tackles. James Conner has been good on a per touch basis. Number 17 in yards graded. He averages 17 opportunities per game and he's seen 15 or more opportunities in every single healthy game this year except the Dallas game when they got down really big and had to play from behind the entire game. James Conner to me is one of the most appropriately priced players if not underpriced players in the slate at 6600 if he does indeed play. If James Conner's out there he's a yes for me. If he's not out there well then obviously make him a no. Next up is Eric Ebron who has been good but is just coming off of a clunker and really that's kept his price point in check. He'll have a negative 18% matchup against Von Bell who allows a 66% catch rate. Eric Ebron has five plus targets in eight straight games. He has a 16% target share in the season, averaging 6.4 targets per game, top five in the NFL for tight ends. 16 red zone targets is also top five in the NFL for tight ends right now. At this price range, I would prefer James Conner if Conner is active. If he's not, then Eric Ebron would be a yes for me. Otherwise, Eric Ebron right now, assuming James Conner is in, will be a maybe. If James Conner is in, no interest in Benny Snell. The last three games, even with Conner out, I might not have interest in Benny Snell, although it's a good matchup. They're favorites because Benny Snell just flat out stinks. The last three games, 27 attempts for 117 yards and no touchdown. He has been bad. Only seven receptions so far this season, averaging just 4.4 routes per game. You have no outs in the passing game either. His 3.2 true yards per carry is 70th in the NFL, and his yards created per touches 40 seconds. So yes, this means that he is a bad running back. This means that he is a, in terms of all the backup running backs in the league, average to below average. And I think we kind of know that about Benny Snell. So if James Conner is in, no interest in Benny Snell. If James Conner is out, Benny Snell will look at least a little bit more appealing. He's a little bit cheaper than James Conner at $6,200. There's not that many options below him. So I'll probably have him in a player pool, but I won't have that much interest in him right now, though, assuming Conner is in, we're going to say that he is a no. This next one is going to be interesting because there's not that many options. And I don't know if you're going to want to get here. And last week is going to get a lot of people off of him. So you will see lower ownership, but maybe that's right because the matchup, a negative 50%. I think this is the highest I've ever seen. A negative 50% run blocking advantage versus the Pittsburgh Steelers' number two run defense. Last week, Giovanni Bernard only played 23% of the snaps, his fewest on the season since he's been taken over with Joe Mixon out. And I believe a lot of that had to do with his fumble. It was the first time that Giovanni Bernard fumbled in 830 snaps. It was his first stub fumble. This guy was fantastic in terms of holding onto the ball. Reminds me of Jamal Williams in the Packers backfield. So I'm assuming a lot of that had to do with a fumble. There was reports that he got a little bit nicked up as well. So I don't think that this was just the week that Travion Williams and Tomoji P. Ryan took over the far majority of the backfield out of nowhere. Because you had back-to-back weeks of Giovanni Bernard playing 77% of the snaps, and then he comes out and plays only 23% of the snaps right after he fumbles. I do expect closer to a normal role. Now, maybe they don't give him a full-on role of 77% of the snaps, maybe it's only 50% of the snaps. At this price range, you really need the passing game usage to come through because you're probably going to get on the ground like 
eight carries based on the fact that they're two score underdogs, eight carries for like, maybe you get to 25 to 30 yards, right? So Giovanni Bernard hoping that the passing game usage for three to four receptions is there will be the only reason why he stays in a player pool for me, but even that's a little bit loose. If you have not yet already figured out, this slate is pretty damn gross in terms of value. AJ Green is the next one up. AJ Green, 5,400, a positive 6% matchup against Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson plays 86% of the time on the right side of the field, allowing just a 57% catch rate. Look, at this point right now, you had zero catches in week 12 and week 13 for AJ Green. And then in week 14, played well, six catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. But Blah, 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 and this is a big old booty. If I had to put my money on it, I would say that he actually puts up zero points and zero catches compared to what he did last week when he was putting up about 20 fantasy points. AJ Green is very appropriately priced, but he needs precision passing on the outside. AJ Green is not running in the middle of the field all that much anymore. And I don't think Ryan Finley is going to be able to throw outside the numbers with all that much accuracy or time. AJ Green is actually going to be a no for me. I won't be mad if you want to play him. Him and Giovanni Bernard, honestly, to me right now, AJ Green looks like one of the worst plays in the slate. He's my second worst value play in the slate. And the only guy worse is Benny Snell, assuming that James Conner is back. I'm not buying into last week. I'm not buying into last week, especially now that the matchup is much more difficult and he has a downgrade and the downgrade of all downgrades at quarterback, in my opinion. Let's go now to the next couple of guys in the slate to close out the slate where we may, maybe, maybe on the slate can find some value. I'll let you know again. I do have Patreon projections, rankings, ownership, game by game notes. The NBA will start up tomorrow with some projections and a bunch of other stuff that you can get on my Patreon. Again, link down below. Check it out and you can download it. You can follow along patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Betri underscore. And please do take a second of your time right here. Like button. Big ol' subscribe and it pops up. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of your support. So let's close it out with some value at the 4K or below. James Washington at 4,400. He's not cheap anymore. This is the issue. But his last two games, you're getting usage here. Five catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns on 10 targets. But most importantly, he's ran 60 routes, which is 15 more than Chase Claypool has during that span. So the last two games, it's been James Washington operating more as a wide receiver three than Claypool, very quietly as well. The concern is that a lot of his targets are downfield, and that leads to big play upside, like his two touchdowns in the last two games. The downside is it leads to a low catch rate, like you're seeing right here, a 50% catch rate on 10 targets, just five receptions. When he connects on them, there's a chance for it to be a big play. But now as the price point comes up, it makes it even more risky to play him because because you're not going to be getting these performances from James Washington, where you get like four catches for like 55 yards on five targets. No, you're going to be getting performances like you're seeing here. You're going to be getting the ones where it's like two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, or just two catches for 50 yards, because he's getting targets downfield. High upside there, but as the price point becomes a little bit more, it becomes risky. He's not out of play for me because he is playing a pretty decent role in this offense and he's now cheaper, but just be aware that his price point is coming up. He's not the 2000 or $1,800 James Washington play where if he just has one deep catch for one catch, 35 yards, it could pay off. Now he needs more than that at 4,400. He might need to find the end zone these days. We get down now to Drew Sample, who I'm not going to have interest in at $4,200. Tough matchup against Gilbert. He does have 25 pounds on him, but most of the time a tight end will over a linebacker. His last three games with Allen have been good, but now you get Ryan Finley, 14 receptions, 110 yards on 16 targets with Allen. That's very good usage over five targets per game. But on the season averaging just 3.5 yards per game, 28 routes per game. Look at $4,200. I'm just going to go to James Washington every single time there. Going down to the kickers, Chris Boswell. I normally put maybes by these kickers and say getting to one of them at most is the way that I would go. But based on the fact that there's not that much value, Chris Boswell is actually going to be a yes for me early on right now. And then Austin Seipert, he won't be out of play, but he'll be a maybe. I just have Chris Boswell projected for a lot more points at this point. He's my number three overall value play in the slate as a kicker. So yes, Chris Boswell will be a yes. I might still set a rule. I probably will to get at most one kicker in my lineup. I could see both kickers 
being in the winning lineup, if Boswell goes for, let's say, 11 and Cyper goes for like seven or eight points tonight, I can see them both in the winning lineup because there's just not that much stable value on this team. But I really don't trust the Cincinnati Bengals offense to get down the field and they get into field goal range just barely on the opposite side of the field. Yeah, sure, of course. And that's where the kicker would come into play. Four players left, one of them being a team defense, a $2,200 defense, one of the cheapest we've seen in a while. Cincinnati ranks number 21 in total defense, 24th versus the run. They rank right now sixth in tackling, eighth in coverage. So it's actually pretty decent in some spots, but dead last in pass rush. They are so cheap that I will keep them in play. I will keep them in play because they're $2,200. There's not a lot of value on this slate. And they're going to be out there. They won't get injured. So you have that upside. It's a whole team defense. And they'll be out there for a bunch of plays. Big Ben might pick them apart. This team might score 28 points and you lose your DraftKings points on them, but you're hoping for something wonky, a special teams punt return, just something. There's going to be a lot of opportunity when you play this cheap of a defense. Now we get down into a bunch of running backs and backup running backs potentially. We'll take these two guys on in the same time. The Cincinnati Bengals backups, $1,400 P Ryan. He's played 35% of snaps in three out of his last four games. And then in week 14, he didn't really see any usage the week before that, but week 14, 12 touches on the ground, runs 14 routes, has 41 yards. This year, he's averaging 3.7 true yards per carry, eight routes run per game. He has 22 total touches over his last four games. So here's the thing that I could do with these guys. If I'm playing a couple of lineups, I'm going to put a no by these guys, to be honest with you, like P Ryan and these guys, because look, the only way that P Ryan gets involved is on the ground. So let's just say, okay, he gets a lot of usage. If Giovanni Bernard gets a little bit more of his role, I don't think you're going to see 12 touches for P Ryan. Let's say you get six to eight touches for P Ryan. So you're going to have to hope that one or two of those goes for a touchdown, probably just one of them. But if they're not going for a touchdown, they're not by the goal line. You're going to be getting six to eight touches against this defense that probably goes for with P Ryan's skill set, like 20 yards. And that's not going to get you anything at $1,400. So I'm going to say no. If you're playing 150s and you want to hope that he gets like a goal line touchdown and he ends up with seven fantasy points at this price point, that's fine. I understand that. If you're playing one to 10, I'm not going there. Similar analysis can be said for Trevion Williams, who I actually like. Dealt with injuries last year as a rookie, the former six round pick out of Texas A&M, came out of college at 206 pounds, 5'8". He caught 27 passes his final year at A&M, averaging 6.5 yards per attempt. This is a good running back. This is a running back that I think they can let Giovanni Bernard walk, obviously not re-sign P. Ryan. Then you have Trevion Williams backing up Joe Mixon with a very similar skill set. In week 14, Trevion Williams saw his career high. 41% of the snaps, 15 touches is fantastic. Three receptions and 63 total yards. If you're picking between one of these very cheap running backs, I'd actually pick Trevion Williams between him and P. Ryan because he has that passing game usage and he could be a direct fill-in or maybe even a better fill-in than Giovanni Bernard. I don't know if they just go right into Trevion Williams again, seeing 40% of the snaps. If Bernard goes from 23 snaps percent, so let's just say like 55%, that's going to be a direct cut into Williams who might only get 20% of the snaps, might only see instead like five touches in this game. If you get a couple of receptions, it could pay off. For me right now, I'm going to say no because I do think Giovanni Bernard's role does come up, but maybe, maybe, maybe they're just done with Giovanni Bernard and they want to see what they have in Williams. If that's the case, he could be a nice play, still a brutal matchup. And lastly, Jalen Samuels. If James Conner misses, Jalen Samuels, I will have interest in, right? I will have interest in because he played a season high 48% of the snaps last week. Anthony McFarlane was a healthy scratch to rookie out of Maryland. Coach's decision did not play. And he saw seven total touches for 33 yards, had a couple of receptions. All of those were season highs. The touches and the yardage for Jalen Samuels, the former tight end out of college. If James Connor is in, he is going to be a no for me. So if James Connor misses, Jalen Samuels will be the one play under $2,000 between P. Ryan Williams and Samuels that I do like. If James Connor is active, that one play I would choose more so out of all of them would be Trevion Williams. So that's where I'm at right now. Those are the scenarios for which guy I would choose under $2,000 depending on James Connor's status. Again, if James Connor is in, I would go to Trevion Williams. If you want to choose one, I really don't like any of them, but if you wanted to choose one for a cheap value, if James Connor is out, Jalen Samuels at $800 becomes a nicer looking play. So thank you so much for tuning into the video. We have one more Monday Night Football game next week. 
So the content schedule for this week is going to be loaded. A Tuesday basketball video. We're going to be covering Wednesday and Thursday, the Saturday three-game slate, Millie Maker the day after Christmas, the Sunday main slate, just 10 games this week. We'll cover probably on Thursday. Friday morning is Christmas morning. We will be having two things on Friday. We'll be having the NBA slate because yes, Christmas on the NBA is fantastic. And then there's a football game. There'll probably be a Millie Maker on Christmas. So I'll be covering that as well. And then over the weekend, maybe, maybe I'll be able to get out of that one, dude, for Saturday. I don't know if I will though, because there'll be football games on. People really won't want to watch that content. Probably won't do as well the day after Christmas. But we'll keep an eye on that. Probably won't be doing any live streams uh, for the rest of the week. Just tonight will be the last one. So be sure to get in there because I'll be traveling home on Wednesday. No opportunity. I'm not going to be live streaming on Christmas for NBA or anything like that, or even the NFL game. Saturday, I'll still be home. So I won't have my equipment set up. And then Sunday would be the day that maybe I could live stream, but I probably won't spend time with the family. So if you want to get in on a live stream, the last one that we'll have for the next week will be tonight at 5.30 p.m. East Coast time. Be sure to get in there. Hit the like and subscribe. I appreciate you all a ton. That is the content schedule for the rest of the week. Maybe maybe we'll live stream Tuesday night for NBA. We'll have to see what my time looks like. Got to get a lot of content done before I travel for the holidays. Best of luck, everybody. I'll see most of you later on in the live stream. So see you then. Best of luck. Have a great rest of your day.